On this week's Inside Marketing, we'll be talking about the power of audio. I'll be joined by Mr. Kieran Cunningham, who's CEO of Radio Centre Ireland. And we will talk about, amongst other things, how radio is doing generally at the moment, the perceptions of radio, and what Radio Centre Ireland are doing to promote radio as a future-facing and innovative medium. That's the power of audio only on this week's Inside Marketing. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and welcome to this week's Inside Marketing. I'm delighted, as I said in the intro, to be joined by Kieran Cunningham, CEO of Radio Centre Ireland. Kieran, good morning. How are things? How are you? I'm very well, Dave. Hope all is well with you. All is good. All is good. We know each other very well. You were on the podcast before, so you, you've done this. You know how it works. But I think the last time we talked about pitching in a pandemic, a lot has changed since then. Um, and you know, we still have COVID knocking around. But how are things? First and foremost, how's the gig in um, Radio Centre Ireland, Chief Executive Role of Radio Centre Ireland? How's it working out? How's the medium? What's your kind of, um, you know, are you optimistic about the market as we're facing down the barrel of a recession at the moment? How are you feeling? And how's radio looking before we start? Yeah, radio's looking well. Um, you know, the first six months, we revenue up 18%. Um, we will have slowed down a little bit in quarter three. But overall, um, you know, positive. I think radio is doing well and the overall audio market is doing well. It is very difficult to predict into the future because a lot of external factors out there in the world at the moment. But, I mean, I think at the moment, we, we you know, very happy with the, the way the market is going this year. Good. That's great. Well, um, we're, we're going to we'll talk about quite a few things, um, but before we get into some of the, the topics around um, some of the research or some of the kind of points I want to ask about radio, I just want to start off, chat about, um, about Radio Centre Ireland, the body. Like, what is it? It's a relatively new body. Now, we've lots of industry bodies, but it is a relatively new body. So for anyone who doesn't know what it is or, or what it, what is the purpose of it and what, what are you, like, how do you measure, what, what do you want to achieve this year um, for Radio Centre Ireland? Well, it is new body. It's just formed this year, and it's the first time all radio operators in the country have come together to form an industry body. So it's both the independent sector and RTE both fund um, Radio Centre Ireland. And its purpose is quite simple, is to promote the power of audio as a marketing medium and to promote it to advertisers and to agencies, ultimately with the objective of increasing audio share of the Irish advertising market. Um, and year one is, is firstly about establishing the organization, make people aware of the organization, what it's about, to run, you know, um, very exciting initiatives, um, new research, new insights, and also to establish the size of the audio sector, because prior to Radio Centre Ireland, there wasn't really a formal, recognised uh, measurement of the size of the market from a revenue perspective. Right. So ultimately, it's to set that up and then, you know, hope that revenue, the key objective is, is to grow revenue um, from this year and this year on. And so revenue, you said it a couple of times there, and obviously revenue is really important everywhere. You did mention earlier on that, that radio is doing quite well. And I read it, I think I read it was up 14% Jan to June. So how are you happy? Like, well, you, is is radio doing well? Is he, is the, are the radio media owners happy with that performance? Is that, are, are, and you outperforming other media or like how buoyant is radio and revenue at the moment? And and is that off a high base or a low base? So, No, it, it is doing very well. I mean, it's up 18% Jan to, to, to June, which is higher than other media. So it is performing ahead of the market. And, um, 
so it is doing very, very well. Um, and also, for the first time ever, we were able to get the size of the market on an annual basis. So 2021, we recorded revenues of 145 million, which was much higher mm. than people had previously estimated. Most agencies had estimated the size of the market at around 100, 110 million. So it actually is 145 million, so much harder than people thought, which we estimate is a 12.6% share of the right. total advertising market. And how it was done, actually, so what we've done, we've asked each radio operator to provide their actual detailed revenue figures straight from the, from the finance systems. We've built a system where each station cannot see their own, fi- each other's figures, mm. but we can aggregate it up. So we very detailed revenue, not just of total revenue for the sector, broken out in terms of spot advertising, in terms of sponsorship and promotions, in terms of digital audio, what percentage comes from agencies, which represent larger advertisers, and what percentage come from small or direct advertisers. So we've really robust um, um, information and very happy. It shows that the sector is very healthy. There's definitely room to improve because I think the share could be even higher. And actually, if you look at some European markets, um, that take Belgium, for example, where they enjoy, you know, radio or audio having a a fifteen percent share of, right. of the total ad market. I think there's definitely headroom and room to grow, but a great place to start. So, um, yeah, no, it's in a great place. And radios, <clears throat> radios always kind of um, we're we're a nation of of talkers and radio listeners to a to a degree as well. So, radios always done well. I know you've always been a fan of radio because I've worked with you for a long time. So I know radio you've you've always liked the medium and it has its challenges which we'll touch on in a second but um you, you see there's room to grow there but even though the figures are are great that 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 you've got um do you think there's a bit of work to be done in like when you when you try and grow that share do you think that the that radio collectively needs to do a job to to kind of position itself as being an innovative medium because you know no disrespect it maybe isn't perceived as being that innovative and rightly or wrongly so do you see that's how radio can grow those extra couple of points of share yeah i do i think you know previously maybe radio wasn't maybe as top of mind um, amongst agencies and advertisers it's been around a long time which is i think is a good thing and i think people do love the medium and do respect the medium and people are well aware of daily reach and the weekly reach and you know radio or audio is ultimately at the heart of daily life it often sets the agenda for what's happening within the country on, on a daily basis but i do, do think because it's been around for so long and there's so many other new platforms has come along i think part of radio center ireland's role is to remind people of the strength of the medium and to position it as a really innovative medium and i think it very much is mm. I, I really think we're at a, a kind of an audio revolution because as well as the power of audio that's been around for a long time there's huge amount of new innovations happening and which really can position radio and audio as a really innovative forward-thinking exciting medium with lots of new things happening and it's really to get that point across Mm. to not alone to agencies but to advertisers as well yeah yeah, and sometimes it can be like it's hard to 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 land those messages. But like I've certainly seen lots of stuff, and we'll we'll chat about some of the initiatives that you're doing now in a second. But you talked about a trend there, and and we see this trend in every channel: the trend of shifting away from analog um, media or FM media or traditional media into digital. Um, and what's happening 
when you see it everywhere, at the macro level, you see money moving into Google and, and Facebook and, and those tech platforms. But you see it even shift in view within, within AV as a platform. You see eyeballs moving away from linear TV onto content on demand and video on demand. Um, there's a huge explosion. I, I mean, Serial, the guy was released, Adnan was released. Serial was kind of, in my world, was the start of the podcast revolution. I got into it and when that was, I kind of, that's what got me into it. And I was late listening to that. Huge amount of... Um, supply of audio now so when you think about we didn't have a huge amount of choice before so what the question i have is radio's always done well listenership as to, to radios has been really really healthy and really strong but podcasts are flying um are is, is the growth in podcasts coming at the expense of radio are people turning off radio and um on on, on consuming digital content or is is the growth in, in podcasts and digital additive to overall audio how's that working and does and does that hold true across different audiences or are there anomalies like we see on tv where yeah younger people are dropping away completely from watching television as we knew and all going to digital what's happening in audio yeah, I, I really, and I passionately believe that the current situation is a win-win for audio. The Irish Audio Market Report, which was just published two weeks ago, it does show that there's growth in on-demand online audio audiences, which is no surprise. But it's actually not at the expense of live broadcast radio. So right. what's happened over time, music streaming services have replaced their traditional music archives, such as CDs, vinyl, downloads. And the level of listening to live radio has not reduced. So live radio actually accounts for 74% of all audio listening, including streaming services. So it's still very much at the heart of an audio experience. Um, and even among 15 to 24s, two thirds of 15 to 24s are still listening to live broadcast radio every day. Mm. Um, so it's quite interesting. But you are correct, there is an abundance of supply now. There has been an explosion of podcasts. But I think that's a great thing for the medium. It makes audio sexy. It makes audio innovative. People are talking about audio much more than they did before. But I think it is very much additive. It's adding to the strength of the medium. Mm. medium. Offering advertisers new exciting ways of connecting with customers, but it's not cannibalizing live radio. Podcasts, you know, they've injected huge light into audio, but at the moment it is still a relatively small element of audio listening. So again, the Irish Audio Report, as I said, published two weeks ago, it shows that podcasting represents 3.8% of total daily listening compared to 74% of live radio. Right. But as I said, I think it's a win-win for, for audio because Live radio is not reducing. Yeah, it's yeah. Still as bright as ever. There's all this other new initiatives that are coming, new innovations, which will increase in time. I think it's really exciting. It's a kind of a, uh, as I said, an audio revolution, mm. kind of a sonic boom at the moment. And people, it's interesting. I think it's fantastic because people are talking about audio as a medium much more than they've done before. And I think there is one big difference uh, compared to audio visual because I think with audio visual, and you're looking at linear TV people are moving away from linear TV and then consuming content in a different manner. And that reduces yeah. TV audiences. But audio, the audience is not reducing because it's a different customer experience. And people mm. continue to listen to live radio. Technology now allows them to do so, no matter where they are, because they do it with their smartphone, their smart speaker, their PC, FM at home, in the car, on the train on the bus, at the gym. And I think the audio report also showed a huge increase in smart speaker ownership. So in mm. 2018, 11% of adults owned a smart speaker. 
that's now at 40 percent so mm-hmm. it also means people can consume any audio contact live radio podcasts listen back streaming mm. much more easily easily than they could before because technology gives them access no matter what they're doing right and you're so radio center ireland um you're working with all that like all the radio stations are involved in that um because it's a collective body is is the role of radio center ireland just to promote radio or is it to promote all things audio because all of those media owners have digital audio platforms and podcasts and things like that so are, are, are you promoting radio or audio yeah no we're promoting all aspects of audio broadcast radio podcasts listen back services so it's cool. it's it's promoting the medium of of, okay. of of audio and i think that's really important obviously the people um radio set that represents are the irish broadcasters so all irish operators in ireland that's all the independent sector and the rte so we don't represent the likes of spotify or acast um, and obviously they're playing within the audio sector but absolutely as a body it is about promoting audio, you know, how are radio stations mm. delving more into podcasts? What's the future of audio going to be in terms of the new innovations, the new products that come down the line? But at the same time, also reminding people of the strength of live mm. radio yeah, as yeah. part of that ecosystem. Because I think live radio is really interesting because I think it's very different. And first of all, it's a two-way dialogue, which I think is really powerful. Also, live radio is what it is. It's consumed almost always live. You're listening to somebody live. And if you even compare it to TV, most times when you're consuming TV, you're watching a film or a movie or a series. Um, But radio is mainly consumed live. So it has that kind of communal experience where you're listening to something and you know other people are listening at Mm. the same time. And it gives that deep human connection. So I think live radio is hugely important and a huge part of mm. the ecosystem, but I am, you know, promoting Radio Centre Ireland is, is looking at all aspects of audio. Mm. And on promoting, because we, we'll chat about a few initiatives now, um, like you've done a lot recently, I've seen a lot of initiatives and a lot of things um, to promote radio. Now, you know, when you were, when you and I were working agencies together, when industry bodies promote themselves, <clears throat> and sometimes they, you know what you're going to get, like they just talk about um whether it's radio, just you know what you're going to get. They're going to talk about how great radio is. And even if you talk to Google, if you get into Google, they're going to talk to you about how great Google is. And there is a danger when an industry body tries to promote the medium when it does an event that, no disrespect to anything I've been to, but sometimes there's nothing in them, right? So because they can just talk about themselves too much and there's not a lot, um, you know, we don't plan media that way. Like we're agency, we're interested now in how everything fits in an overall ecosystem. Now, I saw you had... Um, a webinar, it was last week, and Karen Nelson Beal was on it. She's a, and she was on the podcast I recorded her ages ago. She actually went out in the last episode and she was on it. Um, and I'm quite familiar with her and a guy I'd never heard of before, Peter Pinta, was on it. Now, I watched that web- webinar and I thought it was great. And I kind of, this is a compliment, I nearly forgot halfway through it that it was a Radio Centre Ireland event. And I mean that in, in a good way because, yeah, it talks about radio a bit, it talked about audio quite a bit, but it was more informative than that. And it wasn't a big sales pitch for radio 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 it felt like i learned something um and it was a, a bit about radio and audio but but not hit me over the head with it was that was that intentionally done that way um like did you deliberately try and say i don't want to just go on about radio and talk about radio results and the jnlr and uh, you know 70 odd percent of people listening did you do that on purpose because it was great that was really well re- well run event 
Yeah, I think the thought process behind that event was I was always interested in, you know, radio is kind of consumed or audio is consumed differently. It's kind of, you know, passively consumed but powerfully, powerfully, sorry, powerfully encoded. Mm. So I was thinking, oh, how does how that works on an attention point of view? How does audio compare with other media? Because it is consumed quite differently. And I think it's a really interesting area. And that got me thinking. And then um, I approached both Karen and Peter, and we said we we you know we'd have a discussion about the whole area of, of attention, and then specifically talk about audio as part of that. So that was kind of the thought process behind it. Um, but absolutely, like I want Radio Centre Ireland to provide interesting and insightful content that advertisers and agencies will find very useful. And though audio is only a subset, mm. the purpose of the webinar was really focusing on the important stuff, measuring the real impact of advertising on people. Mm. You know, Karen's point of view is really interesting because she talks about, you know, how advertisers in the past blindly spent money on digital without really ever knowing the true value of what they were getting and, you know, paying for an opportunity to see. But the opportunity on digital is often not taken by people because they're not paying attention. And she had, you know, a stat that was a very powerful stat that most online ads don't meet the attention threshold because mm. 85 percent of ad impressions are viewed for less than 2.5 seconds so i thought that was a really interesting starting point and then see how does audio play a role in the attention economy and and um, you know karen is or her company are doing work at the moment in australia on audio specifically so that actually the, the research has happened and the results are not out yet but you had to do quite different technology and you had to use different methodology to measure attention within the audio space but she has done that and the results i think are due out um in november at some stage i think the results are quite positive but uh, nobody has seen the, the full results yet so i think it's just a, a quite an interesting area then i'm exploring areas like that for next year in ireland to see can we do something in that area mm. and then likewise with, with peter and his you know he's all about you know the power of the subconscious on saying that, you know, 10% of decisions are made consciously, but 90% are made subconsciously, and that both are equally as important because both mm. affect behavior and affect decision-making. Mm. So he's, he's saying, you know, sometimes when you measure prompted recall, it's not as important as you may think, but that only kind of measures the 10%, but it's both the subconscious and the conscious working together mm. drive decision-making and drive behavior change. So I thought, again, it was a really interesting area where they actually measure, you know, brainwave activity based on, on communication. So again, I thought it was a really interesting area. Yeah. And again, I think there's a, and again, I think Peter at the webinar mentioned the role for audio within that, because as I think I said it earlier, and he said it too, it is passive, passively consumed, <laughs> but, you know, powerfully encoded. And it mm. goes back to, you know, tests that were done in the 80s and 90s, the famous ironing board tests where, you know, um, somebody was doing one task, but yet they were able to measure the attention of audio while you're doing a separate task because it is kind of consumed quite differently to, mm. to visual media. So it's a really interesting area. I think it's getting to the heart of, of the subject matter is, does advertising really work and how does it really work? Mm. So got huge feedback from clients regarding that webinar because it's, Talking about really interesting important yeah. important subject and more of that to, to do absolutely you're absolutely right I think we have to go beyond the narrow focus on one mm. media and spread our insights and our research to you know 
to, to look at marketing and advertising communications and how they work and what makes them effective. Yeah, because, I mean, when you think about it, um, if Radio Centre Ireland is bringing, bringing people insight, um, insightful content and kind of looking at it, and radio is obviously part of that, but, but it's not exclusive to radio, well, then you are by association seen as a forward-looking medium because, you know, you would, I don't call any, any mediums out, but you would know very well when you go to some of the industry body things that, it, there's not going to be it's, it's if they try to promote themselves to the detriment of everybody else we're better than this we're better than this it's knocking other platforms and it's just never really never really works so I thought it was great um, now one of the perceptions and we, we'll get into a little bit more because I, I, I want to ask a couple of things about what Peter was talking about some of the things you mentioned there but before we do that something that maybe and it, it, maybe it's lazy but it's a perception that people have and probably a perception I have as well um, is that radio is great for short term stuff right? great for you want sales promotion you want something down and dirty cheap get it on air um, it's great for that but it is not so good in terms of um, brand building or longer term kind of brand building where do you stand on that is that and I'm not saying I think that but but it's probably in the back of people's minds to some degree and you mentioned subconsciousness that might be what people think because certainly most of the ads are a certain type of ad is that fair um is it well is it right is it is it wrong and is it fair do you think no i don't think it's fair uh, i do think you know advertisers and agencies sometimes have, have challenges i think in how they leverage the power of audio the innate power of sound to communicate the brand messages i think uh, it's probably a different subject matter but i think there's a lot more can be done to really leverage creatively the power of audio um, and therefore Sometimes people focus more on the more functional aspects uh, in terms of how they communicate their message um, on audio and, and, and focus more on the short term. Mm -hmm. But no, it can work in both. It can work both short term and long term. And my my cousin in in the UK, Radio Centre UK, we're not linked um, formally in any way, but they provide a, a similar service. They show that you know audio has a significant effect on helping brands. And um, spring to mind more readily in purchase mm. situations like salience over the long term. And they did some research and and they included, you know, audio in the mix. And then they had audio visual only, and they did audio visual and audio. And you know, their conclusion was, um, you know, audio advertising significantly increases affects the brand communi communication by expands the brand's network of mental associations. Audio does that and builds brand associations amongst the wider audience and an increases share of mind for brands. So they very specific research where they had category entry points, mm -hmm. certain phrases that would you know, allow you to go into a category, and they measured the impact of the audience of an audiovisual campaign. And then they measured the impact of an audiovisual and an audio campaign. And there were significant increases across some of those category entry points when audio was added to audiovisual. But I think a key thing is how how advertisers, how agencies use the power mm. of the medium, the power of sound effectively. If they do that effectively, they can, yes, deliver long-term brand equity and, of course, also short-term activation as well. Yeah, um, the, the background thing is quite interesting for me because, you know, there is this, um, I kind of miss miss conception that you have to be paying full attention for something to be effective right and I found that was really that, that was really interesting when 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 both the, the get when Karen and Peter talked about that because you would assume that because things radio is a background medium there that that therefore it's not working that hard that would be the the kind of um 
the accepted wisdom of that of that argument. It's happened in the background. I'm not paying full attention. Ergo, I'm not paying any attention. But um, talk to me a little bit because you mentioned the ironing board study there. But in Karen's work or in Peter's work, did they had they got proof that um, you don't need to be paying full because you probably rarely pay full attention to anything. Let's be honest, particularly when 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 you talk about advertising. So that was quite interesting to me. And so can you tell me about that point about, um, you know, you don't, it's not full attention, but you, you can still create an impact. And I think Peter talked a little bit about that. So what, where, where does radio stand in terms of its ability to earn attention in terms of Karen? Where did, where did it kind of bottom out on that? Yeah, I think, I think Karen makes the really key point in her, um, at the webinar and during all her work is that, you know, marketers tend to completely overestimate the amount of attention Mm. And people pay to advertising in general, and people come in and out of attention, even during one commercial break, there are moments of in and moments of out of attention. So across the whole spectrum of communications, you know, um, you know, consumers are doing other things, are 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 their brain is doing other things, so they're not always paying attention. Um and it's a real new area, obviously, obviously, of research, and we're only getting in now to, to look at audio w- w- within the space. But I think Actually, in Peter's presentation, he referenced many things. He referenced the in, Intel mnemonic or the yeah. chime and how powerful it is and the memory encoding that that delivers. So actually, I think he, he showed a stat that when you played a, a commercial with the chime or without the chime, the commercial with the tr- chime was three times more effective than mm. without. So I think that ability of audio to powerfully encode allows you to encode that message, even though you know, audio is a medium where you can be doing other things at the same time, but that proves the point that with some, that mnemonic was able to deliver huge attention just by the nature of what it was, even though people may be doing other things at the same time. Um, you know, and I, I think, um, you know, Just Eat is another great example. Mm. Uh, and I think it goes back to, you know, oh, everybody's learned from Byron Sharp and the importance of memory structures. And I think audio can do a really brilliant job this th- in this area as either a standalone medium or as a support to audiovisual communications. And, and that whole area of memory structures is really important because understanding that, you know, people are not paying full attention no matter what medium they're consuming and building those memory structures in as part of your communication is really powerful using audio or indeed any other um, media that you may choose to, to, to use. Mm. Um, so I think it's, it's, it, it is really good. And as I said, the research also, I just alluded to a few minutes ago, the Radio Centre UK research showed that audio is very good at doing that, very mm. good at enhancing a brand's network of mental associations and building that memory encoding in, 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 in into the message. Um, but you have to ensure that the creative we use right. is effective and well made. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, totally agree with all that. Um, so again, this might be a question maybe based more on your your background, your media practitioner yourself. So uh, uh, Karen's work is 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 brilliant because um, we tend to look at media and and kind of compare media channels, but we use a completely different currency of measurement and and, and what we deem to be. Um, you know, an accepted view or eyeball or impression. So you compare like even TV versus cinema. Um, and, and you mentioned this a minute ago, she talks about the, the, the kind of the minimum attention threshold. So like I read the book because she was on the podcast and and when she talked about some of the some of the platforms in Google and Facebook, they're going through a tough time at the moment. So some of their platforms, um, you know, 50% in view for two seconds, 
that's uh, that's a fairly low bar. And in her book, she says, if if some of those parameters change, right? If those parameters change, so if we raise the standards, so you had to have seventy five percent of you for five seconds. They have a real problem with with inventory, right? That's they're going they're going if everyone holds themselves to a higher standard of of attention, they're going to have a problem with inventory. But overall, as a media practitioner, when you look at say radio, because it's it's largely non skippable. I know you can change the channel and you can turn it off if you want, but it's largely non skippable. Um, do you think? Do you think it's fair, or what do you make of those kind of those the the, the um, attention threshold and some of the stuff she talks about in in light of radio in terms of how engaged that audience is? What do you make of that as a practitioner, or what, or do you think people pay enough attention to it? No, I think you know, I think you know. Um, listen, digital is an incredible um, medium, or you know, even I, I think about. It, I think one of my, you know the greatest inventions ever was is Google Maps. I mean, mm. I, I coach soccer kids, and I. I remember the day, um, because I'm around so long, you know, you go into an away match and you'd have to figure out, you know, two left turns after the pub and the pitches on the yeah. right-hand side. Yeah. And now you have Google Maps and it's incredible, what an incredible utility that, that is. And, it, you know, and that just shows the power of digital platforms are, are how powerful they are. But they were built by engineers. Mm. Um, and it's ultimately engineers that have created those platforms. And I think they have not necessarily been built for marketing communication. And I think that mm. has changed and improved over time. But you have, you know, the seminal speech from Mark Richard from Procter & Gamble, I think it was 2017, where he talked about, you know, the whole digital ecosystem and, and how, you know, advertisers are spending money. I just, you know, putting huge mental investment into digital without due diligence. And mm. I think that has changed over time and it's got better, but I think there's a lot more work to do. And I think the area that Karen is working on in, in terms of attention is, is, is hugely important. And I think, um, you know, how audio plays within that ecosystem is really, really important. And I think audio is quite different. It is, you mentioned we've had a, an ad campaign running at the moment. It's probably just about finishing this weekend. And it was tongue in cheek, but it was talking about, you know, when you consume audio, it isn't scrollable. Mm. There isn't cookies. Um, you know, it's easy to consume. Um, but it's consumed quite differently. So I just think that, that whole area is 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 really important. Yeah. Um, um, and I think it's going to continue to be important in the future. And that's why, you know, a lot of the work that Karen Asafil is doing um, is 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 becoming really um, powerful and really interesting for clients because they're really trying to understand, you know, much more than they did before mm. what they're really paying for and what value they're getting yeah. out, of what they, out of what they pay for. <clears throat> yeah, and I think it's going to be... Um, I mean, it's back. It's it's on. It's back on the advertisers and the agencies. But I think um, this search for. I mean, she has a great line, and she says quality, quality engagement, and quality impacts are out there. You just you just got to try a bit harder to find them. So I think we've become um, technology has circumvented kind of a, a rigor and an art of planning to a degree. But that's a, that's another day's work. I want to just pick on something you mentioned a minute ago um, that that Peter talked about, and that only ten percent of of human processing is conscious. Um, and you know we the subconscious 
does far more work than we think and, and radio proves that point. Generally, you know, you, you would have seen brand tracking surveys. He, he on a, maybe I got him wrong, maybe he didn't quite say it like this, but what my take was, he says, like, I don't know why people measure spontaneous or prompted awareness as useless, as largely useless and irrelevant as measuring. Yeah, it, it is kind of the default go-to place. Brands are obsessed with doing research about prompted recall. And th that's not a reality. That's not like, don't, th that kind of methodology of asking people and, and asking them, did they remember an ad is completely unnatural. What do you make of, of his point about that generally? Yeah, no, I think it's a very fair point. I think, you know, you have to get the balance right. I think the, the role for, you know, prompted and unprompted recall is still um, really important. Um, and I think he, he makes that point and he says, you know, there is a role for that, but it's not the be all and end all. And I think to be just to be aware of the fact that, you know, decisions are made both consciously and unconsciously. And I think, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I think every human being, every person is a consumer and we know ourselves how we make decisions. And, you know, some of the, you know, a lot of decisions we make are in that subconscious. So I think most people can relate to that. Um, and relate to that behavior and understand that decision making is quite complex. I think it is hard always to, to measure it and measure mm. it regularly and build it into your marketing strategy and planning. And obviously, Peter's company and the company he works for have a very specific role and a specific area. Um, and I think that's just one jigsaw in, in, in a big puzzle. And mm. you have to use all elements to try and really understand the effectiveness of, of, of advertising. But, you know, they're like it is powerful. What they're doing is, 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 is you know, putting, you know, putting things, uh, attaching elements to people's brains and really measuring that brain rave mm. um, activity as they're listening or, or viewing commercials. So it is quite different. Mm. It is quite powerful. But I think it's trying to get the balance right and get a mixture of every type of research or every type of element within your toolkit to try and really understand what is working and what yeah. is not working. I mean, I think the industry has come on incredibly well in terms of really understanding how advertising work and how it's effective. But I still, I think there's still more to do in that area. And I think what he provides as a service is really interesting and really, really powerful. And yeah. it's an added bow to to, yeah, to, yeah. to, to, to your armory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much or how little of, of what he said you remember, but um, one of the things that I, I, I thought was great was, you know, because we know we and we've talked about it here. Radio, that the point is, it can work in in the in it's consumed passively. Um, so, and and you know the the you the kind of thing you might think about that as well. It's it it doesn't have the ability to make a powerful impact. And and he 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 kind of talked about how recall improves if the ad is congruent to the task that the person is performing. I don't know if you remember what he talked about that. So if it was in context, his research um you know, ads delivered message when people perform a different task. So the fact that it's on the background and the ad, if the ad is still relevant to what people are talking about, it improves recall. Do, do you remember what he talked about that? Like what what did you make of that point? Because yeah. I thought it was really interesting. And I, and I kind of think why well, radio stations should make make more of a, a deal about that because it, it was really just really interesting um, from what I found it certainly really interesting anyway. So what did you make of that point you made? Yeah, no, I, I think it was, I think it was a figure of 28% was yeah. the, the, the figure of the uplift in recall when you're listening to a commercial message that is, you know, congruent to, to the task you're performing. Actually, I think Peter said it was probably the most interesting research they've ever done. It's done in the UK, actually. Peter is based in Australia, but that research is actually done in the UK. It's done for Radio Centre UK. 
And it was, I think it's really, really powerful. Mm. And it goes back to, which things again that I think everybody kind of makes sense when you when you when you say it, it kind of yeah. it does make sense. You can understand it, and obviously within the digital space, you know, we're talking about contextual all the time. But you can do contextual very much within the audio space. Yeah. And what his research shows is that it does deliver a much higher recall if the ad is relative to, to the mm. task you're doing at that moment. And I think more needs to be done in terms of research and environment and indeed need need states generally mm. in terms of how people consume audio. And I think that's something I'm looking at in terms of plans to do for next year. I'm looking at like need states in general. When somebody's consuming a podcast, I think it's a very different need state than somebody's yeah. consuming live radio. Um, it's a bit more, a little bit like a personal consumption that maybe prior to technology change and when you listen to an album years mm. ago that was you know your personal consumption yeah um, versus when you listen to live radio it's not your personal consumption because everybody's listening at the same time mm. so i think there's also as well as looking at um you know advertising and the contextual nature of advertising in relation to the task you're doing i also think there's really powerful opportunities to look at need states and how people are consuming audio streaming, podcasting, live radio, different genres, mm. what is their needs, states, what are fulfilling, and how can advertisers use that insight to deliver message that are more relevant mm. to the audience that are listening. Yeah, yeah. No, this is really interesting stuff, and there's lots. We're, we've done quite well as an industry in terms of understanding some of those complexities. We have a lot more to do, but at least we're going in the right direction. Um, on research and specifically, you talked about you know all the different formats. Or you you said you now have a, rev- a view of revenue over all the different kind of spot versus promotion versus um, you know audio whatever. So there's lots of different formats available. Do you have any research on which ones perform best? Um, you know partnerships, promotions, sponsorships, spot. Even you know I love audio presenter in reads because that that kind of closeness that you can get where. Um, you know, I'm, I just to pivot a lot. So when you hear Scott Galloway endorsing something, you know it's paid for anyway. But, but a presenter in read is really, really powerful. Do you have any research that that tries that has any evidence suggests which ones are? I don't know what to say more effective or because there's different costs on different things. But is there any or have you any plans? So have you got any research on what works best? And have you any plans to try and understand which type of um, ad format works best? Yeah, well, I don't have any research in Ireland specifically at the moment of that, but looking at doing something on that. I mean, there is research coming out from the States um, that does show that that live read format is hugely mm-hmm. effective in terms of delivering recall, delivering salience, delivering recall of the specific messages, because just to the point you, you, you make, that it is really layered into the program and it feels quite natural mm. and it meets the presenter is 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 authentic in what they're doing yeah. because those live reads how they work is they they work with presenters who are particularly interested in that live read that they're talking about so if it's done well the brand um is doing it particularly well they're picking a presenter that works naturally with with, with the brand and consumers can see it that way they know mm. And my consumers are very sophisticated. They know it's 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 not you know they know it's a, an advertising message, but they also know it's an advertising message done in a context whereby the presenter naturally can talk about that brand in a way that makes perfect sense. And I think it's a really interesting format mm. because it's very much, and I think it's something that audio can do much better than any other medium because it's really 
and building the commercial message into the editorial in a seamless way. And also the research that has been done, there's no negative outtake take from consumers. They understand it, they get it, they see it plays naturally in with 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 the, the program that has been been um that, that is on air at the time. Mm. So it works at every level. And I think it's a really interesting format and one that I think audio can really do well in going forward because it's one that I think is unique to the medium. Yeah. In terms of other formats, I think it's difficult to, to generalize, I think, because when it comes to sponsorship or partnerships, it does really depend on the brand fit yeah. and how the specific brand is working with that sponsorship. But, you know, there's huge and many powerful examples of, of really well done sponsorships that deliver everything in terms of recall, in terms of salience, in terms of the key brand messages. But I think that that, that live read is a really new and interesting format mm. that's become quite popular in the US, mm. less so in Ireland at the moment. And there is, you know, it's not probably not as free from a legislative point of view at the moment to do everything that that, that can be done in, 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 in the US. Mm. But it is a really interesting form, and I think one that will that will you will see more of in the future. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's great. Um, like one one of the criticisms raised, not it's not the reach that's undoubted, and and it's not even the the engagement or advertising opportunities. There's plenty of them, but one of the big criticisms of radio is the ads, um, the lack of creativity in the ads, the fact that they're all garbage mostly I'm being, I'm being facetious to a degree but you know what I'm talking about a lot of the ads are just really really bad ads they're they're functional fine that's that's grand but there's there's not a lot of effort put into create creative and, and and I think that can that drags the medium down to a degree because of course it's going to I mean um if if people hear shitty ads on the platform on a the radio they're kind of going well you're you're reinforcing the stereotype to believe that well it, it only does a certain type of thing so I saw recently that you launched the Audio Academy, um, in partnership with IAPI. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about that. And is that what this is designed to do? Is it designed to kind of, you know, maybe raise the, re-excite the creative community about audio and the power of audio and the potential of it? And so there's that. Tell me about that. And and is there anything else that you're you're doing with the creative community to try and, you know, spark a bit of love back into into them with, with radio as a medium? Well, first, in relation to the Audio Academy, I think that the the focus of that is more just the whole the new young generation joining the industry to make the medium exciting for them. So the Audio Academy is really focused on really mainly, you know, people within one to three or four years experience who are really joining the media agency or, or young brand managers and talking to them about the power of, of audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that um, we had our first module uh, last week and it was... Usually when I tell you the fact that it was sold out, it was fantastic. We have modules again in January and in March. Um, but the overall your overall point, I completely agree with. I think there um, is a lot of room in terms of opportunity to grow the standard of audio creative. And actually, in fact, I would say it is the single biggest barrier mm. to increase in investment in the medium. I talked about earlier that we're doing very well, 12.6% share. But I think there's headroom to grow further. Some other European countries have a higher share. I think to get that growth, I think the key thing is creativity. Because I think generally mm. people, advertisers, agencies, understand audio is a highly power, hugely powerful medium. They understand it has incredible, you know, daily reach, 80% daily, mm. 90% weekly. I think they understand it has incredible connection with listeners and people 
I think, get that. There's research to prove it, but people understand that. In fact, it's consumed lives, two-way dialogue between the listener and the presenter is really powerful. Um, so I think everybody agrees with that, but I do agree that there can be a barrier creatively. Mm. And, you know, I think with advertisers and agencies, audio is often at the end of the creative process. Mm. You know, the you know the creative process will start with a big audio visual piece of communication. And the audio piece is very much at the end of that mm. process, uh, which I don't think is right. It isn't prioritized and uh, enough time isn't given given to it. And I, you know, yet it's such a powerful creative force. Yeah. Audio or hearing is the first sense every human develops. You develop inside a room. You have you can hear before you can do anything else. Mm. And if you th- if everybody thinks of your favorite song or your favorite music artist and how that audio sound makes a deep connection with you, I think there's huge opportunities for advertisers to leverage that power much more than they're doing. And while the eye might be the input that people rely on most, it may not be the most potent one to kickstart memories, provide mm. sales, generate distinctiveness. It is enormously powerful for me that can share, you know, mood, feeling, perception, behavior. And I do think, you know, it should be really more central to the creative process. Um, and we will, and launching very soon, it's not quite ready yet, we will be launching the Irish Audio Creative Awards. And that is focused on the creative community. Right. And that will be a combination of celebrating great work within the audio space, but also building in some master classes within it for you know to showcase or to talk about how you can build wonderful creative and how you can ultimately use the power of sound because that's what mm. it's about and i think you know and um, in some ways audio is the ultimate creative opportunity because and also i think it can be the hardest sometimes because it goes to the innate ability to be creative because you don't have all the other elements to help you it's your pure creative idea yeah but the big benefit to that of course is so little production cost so little barriers to entry so it goes back to that pure creative idea but I think there's huge opportunities for advertisers to leverage the innate power of sound m- much more than they're doing. And certainly the Audio Creative Awards will hopefully help move that along. Mm. And there will be more on that shortly, but they're, they're like, going to be like launched. You see that ne- next year, we might see something on that, might we? Well, it'd be launched. Um, they'd, they'd be launched this year, and then um, okay, cool. you, 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 and you will see um, events happening next year. But but actually celebrating this year in right. terms of the the audio creative content. Good, yeah. No, because it sounds it's an obvious thing, and I think you're right. Like even the the it's it's so obvious. Things are very obvious in hindsight. But like even the, the power of of audio branding, it's a big thing. I don't think enough brands spend enough time on it. Like that coding, it's really really powerful, and. There's all the evidence in the world to suggest that if you have those kind of mnemonic audio branding kind of tactics or or, or kind of that, those associations that they perform really, really well. So I don't understand why more people don't lean into those. Um, if I'm not going to keep you much longer, but uh, you mentioned a lot of research and I think as well, there's lots of great stuff because we don't have to do everything in Ireland all the time. Research, learnings, travel, like so stuff that's done in the UK, we're quite close in terms of the UK, in terms of our behaviour, we're not like we're a completely different species. So stuff that's done in the UK, 
I think is great. Your colleagues in the Radio Centre UK, they've done research. I actually think it's great that we can learn from that as well. And you're doing a lot of research on your own, on your own bat, which is brilliant. So if anyone missed the webinar that, that we talked about a little bit and or kind of is just interested in finding out a little bit more about radio, where can they go? Where, what can they do? And or how can they reach out to you if they wanted to do anything? Where, where, where's the best place for people to find that webinar, uh, catch up on it and just get in contact with you generally if they need to? Yeah, well, I think um, the website is radiocentreireland.ie um, and all the webinars and all the research is on the website. And so, for example, the web webinars you talked about, you can watch the whole webinar, you can download a presentation deck, and there's also a summary of the content on the website. So you can read about the, the key points from the from, from, from the webinar. There's also an opportunity to, to sign up to newsletter and then as regular newsletters will go out with you know what's happening, research that's coming up, new events and new initiatives that are happening not alone within Radio Centre Ireland but within the within the audio medium in general. So that's probably the best way um, mm -hmm. and to do it. Um, but and my contact details are on the website if people want to get in touch or email me or, or call me, they can do that too. Cool. Excellent. Well, yeah, so it's been how long are you in there now? Are you a year in the job or is it not? I started in January and really right. made it into Ireland really didn't formally really launched until April, but I started in the role in, in Jan. Right. So um, nine or ten oh, months. Right. Well, congratulations because you've done it. You've you've done a lot. Taken well, taken nothing into into something, and then just in terms of the frequency of stuff that I see. So um, yeah, so keep up the good work, and uh, I I look forward to the creative community getting behind creativity on radio and um yeah so well so well done so and um thank you for taking the time to talk to me today we know each other well but it's always good to have a catch up um and and talk about what's going on in radio so uh, i enjoyed this one so thanks a million um thanks for making the time thank you very much for thanks so that is it that's all she wrote we are out of time um so yeah thanks kieran for joining me today and thank you to andrea on sound and kira in marketing and thanks as always to our partners irish times media solutions if you liked that episode why not listen back to our ever-growing back catalog of content you will find it by simply typing irish times inside marketing into your search engine of choice so until next time get creative in audio and thanks for listening See you soon. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions.